Hey guys, and welcome to Smart Women Read Romance, a book review podcast where we fangirl over all things romance. I'm Juliet. And I'm Jessen. Today we'll be reviewing A Wicked Kind of Husband, the third book in Mia Vinci's Long Hope Abbey series. Before we dive in, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast on your preferred podcast platform, and please rate and review us. If you want more romance discussions, follow us on our social media pages at SWReadRom, join our Facebook group, The Swoon Zone, and follow Jessen on our YouTube channel, Jessen Reads Romance. If you'd like some podcast extras, become a patron of the podcast on Patreon, where we have extra content, including exclusive episodes and give away free enamel pins, stickers, books, and bookmarks. And of course, a special shout out to our patrons for all of your support. We appreciate you guys so much. Do it. Right. You have some exciting news. I do. I have some exciting news. I love it. I'm so excited about it. When you texted me about it, I was like, I was yes. like, this is my dreams text. Dreams do come true. <laughs> Thank you. Dreams do come true. Okay, so Jess and I have been talking about this forever. This was my text to her with a screenshot. We're going to Rare, bitches. Mm-hmm. Because I was finally invited to Rare. I've always wanted to be invited. I have no idea how I got invited, but I don't care, and I'm very appreciative. I mean, I remember so, a few years ago, I feel like it was definitely pre-COVID times. Yeah. They had the Rare in, in Edinburgh. They did. And you're like, Oh, I want to go there. I, like, I want to oh, go to Edinburgh. Oh. I want to do a book signing in Edinburgh. So, I mean, Scotland's definitely been a place that Juliet and I are yes. just like, man, I really want to go vacation yes. there, period. I just want to be there. You yeah. Know? There's so many historical romances that we love around Scotland. Uh, yes. And it's just something that we've and never literally, traveled Yeah. My friend, uh, Nikki Becker, who also is uh, like assisted me at Shameless, and she's going to assist me at Book Bonanza. She's a friend of mine, and she just went to Rare in Edinburgh with like Nicole, who is from Ireland, I believe, and some others. And they just like, of course, took a couple of days after and have all these beautiful pictures and these in these pubs. And I'm just like, I want to go there. But yeah. So this week, I got an invitation to 2023 and 2024. And I basically just got to pick the ones that i'm hoping to go to so and you know selfishly <clears throat> i was just kind of like i'm i'm so glad that julia didn't get invited to a rare that i couldn't go with her to. <laughs> yeah exactly. i was just like if she got to go to rare without me i would I probably be so fucking sad happy for her of course but sad yeah. that that was one of the ones that i can't go to because you know this year i mean i can't go to book bonanza with you but yeah i mean it, it was just like uh, i love book con so much and uh you know being back in school it's such a fun vibe yeah exactly it just limits my time that i can i can be able to just take off and go do those types of things and i love i love all the bookish events like that's where i thrive it's where my people are exactly you get to talk about books these are my people god i love it then we sit in bars and drink and talk about like our favorite books and romance i mean it's the best vacation ever i mean y'all seriously (laughs) i was super excited that juliet got invited to rare and i I honestly didn't even know that rare had so many um locations within a year and i will tell you though so i signed up for london 2023 but london is not definite they're still looking at venues and stuff Mm -hmm. they said they're kind of basically so it's they'll let us know if it makes but if it doesn't then i'm definitely going to go to florence in september in 2023 and And i'll be going to edinburgh in either one of those with her yes um i've already been to london and i really like london i've Um, never been and i've been it's like i've always wanted to go to england like it's really great i mean like i enjoyed both times that i went to london um it was definitely i was glad that i got to go twice too because i mean you can't see everything you just yeah it's just so hard so um but i i love the i love the vibe the city vibe of london yeah great restaurants like cool vibes super cool but i i've never been to florence you know 
Oh, see, I've been to Florence. I went to Florence in 2019, right before the COVID hit. We took the trip. We took our daughter for her senior trip. And so I've never gone there. So I wouldn't be mad about going there. Oh, it's beautiful. Florence is a beautiful city. You would love it. But I kind of want to go to London because, like, I have restaurants that I love over there. (laughs) I just want to go to London because I've never been. Yes. And my husband's coming along just to go pub hopping. (laughs) And also weird, weird. Okay, so this is, like, small town. Like, why do small town people get excited about these things? Um, (laughs) So in London, especially since I've gone to a couple other cities with, like, public transportation and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. I love the London Underground trains. Ooh, I love them. I love They're metros, so efficient. Too. They're so efficient. Yeah. Like, I fucking love. And, like, I don't know. They're just I did the Paris about, like, Metro. It was a little scary because we got – I didn't <laughs> – But I mean, it, it was okay. <laughs> I didn't like the Paris Metro. First yeah, I was going to say it was a little scary. Our tickets never fucking worked. Oh. I always had to renew one. I always had to go to the fucking desk, and there was never a person there. Yeah. So, like, it was just Paris. So you just have just, to buy a new one. It didn't have it together like the London Underground did. And yeah, it was just, I don't know. I just, it was so efficient Mm -hmm. because I mean, London's a big place. A big city. And to be able to get from one place to another, I mean, it was just, just really great. And you know, small towns. I'm also kind of excited to go somewhere they speak English. I mean, granted, there will be accents that I might not be able to understand, but still. You know, I I mean, <laughs> I understood everyone in London, yeah. but um, there is lots of different. I mean, like you're not just going to run into English people right. in London. I mean, there is so sort many of a different metropolis. nationalities mm-hmm. over there, which is really cool. And that's, that's also Frankfurt why I really was. loved London uh-huh. because the food scene over there, oh, so, so freaking good. good. They had so many different types of cuisines. Mm. It was just. There are so many restaurants that I wanted to try. Yeah. And, like, I couldn't get to all of them. Well, so, I'm a you restaurant, know, you know, I have whore, two that I so. want to go back to. Like, for sure, I have two that I want to go back to oh, if I'm we excited. make it to London. So I'm dragging you over there. Well, I signed up for that. So hopefully that goes through 2023. And then, yeah, and we'll see. And if not, we'll go to Florence in September. And then... We'll go to Edinburgh in 2024. I'm so excited. <laughs> like, I feel like this is like, it's like, thank you, We're Juliet. Coming. Like, thank you for having Look, this trip specifically right. for me. She's going to be my, you know, It feels like a gift for well, myself. I'm going to make you work. You'll be my assistant at the That's table. That's fine. I can work. So. I can work for it, I guess. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I'm so excited. So anyway, and like, also, I'm excited to be able to go to a Polycon. Oh, I'm so excited about Polycon. And I can see everybody's starting to get really hyped online. Like there's more posts in the author and the and the attendee pages. Mm-hmm. Like everybody's like, I'm bringing this. Who's bringing this? You know, and like all this stuff. I even see it's so crazy to look at some of the attendees. There's stacks of books they're hauling. They're hauling. Some of them are hauling 60 books to the thing. I'm like, my yeah. God. You know, I thought I was bad. Just, you know, the ones I'm bringing to like for pre-orders and to sell. Well, like, definitely good for Rare. Um, so Jessica and Tori and Sam went to um, – I forgot what the the con was called in Nashville this summer, like a couple months uh, ago. That was um, – oh, my gosh. Yes. I fr- was it – that wasn't – that wasn't R-A-G-T. It was, I, you, um, you, if you even said it correctly, I wouldn't be able to confirm. Like, I literally just forgot. It, it. has it's the word like, book in it. So they went to remember. that one and they ordered these carts on Amazon yes. to be able to put their books in. Yes. And like, I need that for rare. Like, I'm taking, yes. packing that in. Like, I'm bringing it. They literally, yeah. And actually, they were even offering, say, bring this kind because this one folds up and fits in your suitcase. Well. Yeah, like, that's the one that yeah. they got. It's the one that like folds and <laughs> yes. stuff. And then it like folds out into and a you box. Can put and it, just pack even, it in your suitcase. Like, Tori, I know that she wasn't feeling well like the whole time and like she just like sat on top of it for a little while like if you needed a place to sit like it was yes to be able to just like 
chill for a second. I was shocked so because I've been looking at some of the attendee posts and I'm in awe. Like one of one of them, she even did an instructional video on what to bring and how to pack. So she's like, pack this size suitcase inside your other suitcase so that when you go, you fill that suitcase with books and you only have to pay for it coming home as an extra, you know, baggage. I love people like that. Oh my God. Like you're a good Samaritan. You're literally doing the book God's work. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. For all your romance lovers getting ready for book bonanza. (laughs) This is how it's done. I love it. I'm excited. And of course I'm going to meet, um, hopefully, Meet uh, Joy Nash, who is also Johanna Fairview, mm-hmm. and Aiden Snow are going to be at Book Bonanza. So I really want to get pictures with my narrators. I was I'm telling excited. Juliet already. I'm like, that's an instance where I like, I don't know how I'd react. Like, would I be like super fangirly or would I be okay? I'm gonna like, be I don't more, know. I don't know. I'm 100% going to be blushing. I'm probably going to be beat red when I meet Aiden Snow. Yeah. And Chris Brinkley, too, who did Jed and Lola. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 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 I'm yeah. Be, I mean, I know how I am like around read authors. my sex scenes. <laughs> Like, guys, if you see me at a book con and I'm acting, like, super weird, like, it's because... (laughs) She is weird. I have anxiety. And also, when I get really excited about an author, like, that doesn't mean I want to talk to Like the Nalini Singh story. Yeah, I'm like, oh, wait, no, she's looking at me. Oh, no. What do I do? Please, let's tell it one more time. Let's tell it one more time. Okay, okay. So Nalini Singh is one of my favorite authors, like, literally of all time. She's the sweetest human in the world. She literally is so sweet. And we specifically went to one of the um one of the it the wasn't panels. a panel I mean like because it was like a kind of interactive thing I don't know yeah it they not- call it a panel but it was really more of just like a fan yeah you know, fan gathering whatever. for yeah. RT in Vegas and so I was like yeah we definitely need to go to this one and it was a panel of Australian and New Zealand authors so right Lenny Singh was on it was yeah like, and they're go. just like walking around. And you know? so, like, we were filling out, like, it was a fun, like, questionnaire type of thing. Yeah. Like, it was, and we were filling games. out at tables. And all of a sudden, like, Nalini Singh came over to talk to our table. And, like, Juliet's, like, literally, like, Tessin, look, Nalini Singh's, like, I was, like right get there. your like, book out. She has her like, book in like, her lap to, for her to sign up. it. I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Don't draw attention was, to us. I said, that's why she's here, Justin. Give like, her your I'm book. I'm like, Juliet, are you seriously drawing attention to me right now? I was like, I will kill you. I was just dying laughing. I'm, like, just laughing. I was like, get the book out of your lap. And say hi, Nalini. Would you I'm please sign I'm holding the me? book in my lap, like under the table. <laughs> <laughs> so funny! It's so bad. Oh my god, my anxiety's so bad. Oh. I was just like, and yeah. you know what? She saw my book, and it was great. She talked to me. And she it was, was. Fine. but it doesn't so- matter because it's like. I was putting her on the spot and she was ready to kill me. I hated it. I hated it. I hated it so much. Oh my God. Yeah. Also, uh, Mary Jo Putney was there later (laughs) at a party. And that was when Sarah was like literally forcing me to talk to her. And I was like, Talk to Mary Jo Putney. I was like, I know you don't know me, but like, stop. (laughs) Please. I'm having like anxiety right now. Panic attack is going on. So yeah, if you see me at a book con. Yeah. I'm going to hopefully get to meet Kennedy Ryan at Book Bonanza. Oh my God, I don't even know what I would do. <laughs> like, I don't either. I don't – I'm not going to purposefully I, I go find her. and I don't want her to think I'm weird. But I'll just weird. be like, can I hug you? Can I please take a picture with you? Like, I legit <sighs> feel like I could cry if I yeah. meet her. And, like, I don't want her to think I'm weird. So, I mean <laughs> – Well, I am weird. And, like, I think I'm okay to just let my weird shine. Okay. But I guess yeah. I can do it too. We'll see. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. guys. Let's talk let's about Let's talk this about these book. characters. Let's talk about these characters that we really, really fucking Amazing. enjoyed. Okay. Love. So for a wicked kind of husband, so this is the third book in the series. I've only read the third book in the series. I read it last year for 
one of the historical romance readathons, and I immediately fell in love with this author's writing style and her voice. Yes. And the characters are so vibrant. So let's talk about the characters real quick. We have Cassandra, and she is the oldest daughter. I mean, she does have an older half-sister who's already married. She's out of the house. But Cassandra has kind of assumed the mantle of, like, um, mother figure and head of household because her older brother, Charlie, died, and her father passed away as well. Right. Right before her father passed away, like a month before, since her brother had died, she, as a girl, would be unable to inherit the estate her father arranged for one of his friends, like somebody who he was friendly with, to marry her. And his name is Joshua DeWitt. So they got married two years ago. And she has never seen her husband since. Like, they yeah. had a very quick marriage. She was still um, depressed from her her brother had died. And she got she, jilted as well. And she got jilted at the altar. So she really was not even paying attention to him. No. So <laughs> they haven't seen each other in two years. But the problem is she has two younger sisters, one of which is Lucy. And she is going kind of like off the wall crazy right now. <laughs> the very first scene is Lucy has been in the brandy bottle. She's drunk. She's dressing in one of her mom's old uh, dresses. Oh, my God. Um, the mother is like not in the picture, really. She's doing her own thing. We'll talk about that later in the spoiler section. And Cassandra is the one trying to get Lucy to bed. And you can see, like, Lucy is very resentful of Cassandra, saying that you don't let us do anything fun. You're so boring. I want to go to London. Why won't you let me live my life type of thing? And Cassandra, you can tell she's just so tired. Like, this is not an unusual scene in the household. Yeah. Then she has a younger sister, Emily, who is starting to kind of act like Lucy. And Cassandra's She's just like, 14. something has to be yeah. done. Yeah. Lucy needs to have her debut. And we need to marry her off because, like, <laughs> she can't stay here in the country her whole life. Like, she's definitely, this is not, she needs to have her debut. The only problem is her husband, Joshua DeWitt, basically married her and been like, okay, stay in the country. I'll pay all your bills and just, like, don't bother me because I'm a very, very busy man. So then we have Joshua DeWitt, the husband. He is a wealthy widower, and he has a scandalous past. Mm -hmm. So he was once the heir to an earldom mm -hmm. before it was discovered that his father was a bigamist. That his first wife was still alive. His wife was still alive, and um, he pretended that she was dead. But then whenever it was discovered that she was actually at, like, an abbey, like, in a nunnery or whatever, mm -hmm. then Joshua's mom, who was the current um, countess... She was suddenly not the countess anymore, and he was not the heir anymore. And all of yeah. his siblings, and they How just became, like, destitute. It's just, like, the yeah. worst. And there's just, like, lots of stuff going on with both of these people with their families. And it's just so interesting. So what we have is that Cassandra is going to London to try to talk to her grandmother into sponsoring Lucy for a season. And she thinks that her husband's not going to be in London. He's going to be in Liverpool. But that's not exactly what happens. <laughs> of course. That's not exactly of what course. happens. Of course. He's not on schedule. Oh, gosh. And it was so, so much fun to reread this book. And I'm so happy that Juliet enjoyed Loved it. it. I'm so glad that she enjoyed Big it. Big five so. stars for me. Yep. All right, guys, if you have not read this book, please go out and read it and then come back and join us for the spoiler section. So let's, since you kind of already talked about sort of like, I really hate talking about the sisters. The sisters, we'll get into them later. Yeah. But um, for right now, let's move along. She, so she decides to go to London. She's got to go and basically beg her grandmother to take on her sister Lucy mm -hmm. to debut. Um and the thing about so it is, like, goal. Cassandra, she had 
like prestige when she was first in London making her debut. Right. And she was set very well liked of future Viscount. Yes. And he suddenly, like, they were engaged in everything. And then Mm -hmm. he suddenly eloped with somebody else. Right. While she was sort of in mourning for her brother, he basically couldn't wait that long for her to get out of mourning and wait, you know, pay attention to him. And so he ran away with this other woman and eloped. So she was just despondent from all the things that were happening. Right. And so the marriage with Joshua was a marriage of convenience. Like, it was going to be a marriage of name only. They did consummate it, which I love how when she's thinking about, she's thinking about her marriage day. Yeah. And um, the groom actually kept her waiting. Like, they had gone to London just so that she could marry him. And they were in his townhouse, and they were waiting and waiting and waiting. The dad was just talking to the vicar and all that jazz. They were just waiting for him to get there. He finally, like, blows in, and he's like, okay, let's get this over with. And then, yeah. like, she was Barely really looks looking at, at her. him. She was still just – she was seriously grieving, mm-hmm. you know, over all the mishaps in her life. And he had a very <clears> abrupt <throat> manner. Right. So they get married, and then he's just like, okay – this is really and then he comes be pleasant to her, for you. Yeah, and he comes to her bedroom <laughs> at night. You know, she's like under the covers waiting. She knows this is her duty, whatever. And literally, it is just like, you know, a lay back and think of England, you know, sort of thing. Like, <laughs> I mean, he's very, he he knows that this is not a love match. Right. And he's just like. But they have to consummate it for it to be yeah. a legal marriage. Exactly. You know? So he tells her, he's like, I know that this is not going to be enjoyable for you. But yeah. I'll, I'll try be my as, best. He does. I'll he's like, I'll be as gentle as I can. With, like he, he's not mean. He's just like no. I'll be as gentle as I can. He and does she even his job. Says that when yeah, she's like, thinking about it, like you know, his caress was very gentle and everything yeah. like that. But it was painful, and then it was over very quickly. And he was like up out and, the like, door, buttoning his pants and like being like, "I'm sorry. I know that that wasn't enjoyable for you. If it's yeah. any consolation, it wasn't for me either." Basically, like, type of thing. Like not the type of thing like, you want to hear. Yeah. So this is our only. Her only encounter with her husband. Only encounter. For two years. For so two years. Two years later, now she's back in London. And at and first she's, she's gone by herself. Like, it's she just went by herself. Her. Yeah. And, oh, we should say this. She also has a secretary, Mr. Newell. Mr. Newell. Okay. So Joshua likes to have – he has lots of secretaries. He's a very wealthy man. He has secretaries for everything. And he, Mr. Newell is the secretary for the matrimonial, mar- like, matrimonial conversations or whatever. Uh, the okay. matrimonial situation. Yeah. That's what it is. The matrimonial situation. <laughs> And so uh, Mr. Newell comes with her and he's like, you know, just kind of like living in the her, country living, estate with right. her and her <clears throat> sisters. Right. And he goes to London. He goes with her to London to help her because yeah. they're like, look, and he, even Mr. Newell is very aware. Her mother is an opium addict. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we this is that why that she right. got addicted to opium after yeah. her son died. After right. Her Charlie died. And you can tell just by the encounters with her, she's not lucid. She's kind of, she's a little bit, you know, almost it's like dementia, but it, we later, later find out it's drug addiction. So, um, so Mr. Noel knows that this is a dire situation. They've got to get Lucy, you know, married. They've got to get the, you know, get things moving along. So, but he's also employed by Joshua and he's yes. like, Joshua said not. For you to not come in to and London, she's like, but she's like, I'm, you know his schedule. When is he going to be not in London? And yeah, he's like, he will well, never he know. I'm coming business trip to Liverpool, so right. he'll be in Liverpool for the next three weeks. And she's like, perfect, we'll go to London then. So, and she's <laughs> of course going to stay at his house because that's her house because mm-hmm. they're married, yeah. right? Okay, so she's on the promenade with her um, lady Hardberry, I believe, Arabella, yeah, Arabella. Her friend Arabella, which she is <clears> book two in the series, which I have not read yet, but I need to go. Circle now back. I want to go read it. I know. I need to go circle back and start like from her. the beginning. I like Arabella. Yes. <laughs> Arabella seems like she's a spitfire too, which I yes. love. 
so she's walking with Arabella and they're kind of just like discussing, you know, what they're doing. She's like, well, have you seen your husband? She's like, no. You know, it's like, well, he's he's very good looking. She's like, whatever. You know, like she's just like not even interested in her husband. And, and Arabella's um, kind of saying like the importance of her being in London society. She needs to be seen and be seen because right. that's going to up her social status. Arabella herself is very important in society. It's actually really funny when they're on the promenade. Arabella like turns her nose up at people. And, yeah, like, she people like, seem like a yes. little afraid of Arabella. Yes. Like, I love her reputation <laughs> as like, oh, shit, I don't want to catch her um, yeah. notice. I think she's a marchioness or something. I don't yeah. want to catch her notice because, like, she could ruin me, and I love when people have, like, power like that. Yeah, um, Arabella likes it, too. I feel like she must have climbed to this power, too, from yeah, her book. Yeah, so I that's why I can't book. wait to read her book. I know, book, but, it, but you can tell, like, she's enjoying having this power mm-hmm. now that I think she once did not. And, and so... Arabella points out a man, like, being like, hey, I think he would be a good lover for you that's when cassandra's just like what would i want why would i want for yeah and that's when she thinks about her wedding night like it was nothing special i don't i'm not clamoring to be in someone's doing that like why would i want to do that that was horrible just like oh my sweet summer child like oh you don't know it's okay (laughs) poor thing and then she sees um the duke of um damerton damerton which i think he's the fourth book which is yet to be released so then they're having a little conversation and all of a sudden this man comes like storming across the promenade across Hyde Park he's like he's yelling at Damerton like you know this is very y'all this is very vulgar you know for a man to be a gentleman to be yelling well, he's like talking across about the business and he's swinging these scrolls these business scrolls he has papers in his hands and it's like where why aren't you where i need you to be yeah. you know like takes his measure just like he's kind of like a dichotomy because he's so well dressed like mm-hmm. his, he's in the height of fashion but also he wears a gold hoop in his ear and he's a little and he scruffy scruff, unshaven like a work or working yeah. man so he obviously has know, money but like he's disheveled a little bit yeah like what's going on here and he literally ignores all the ladies like he's literally talking to the duke of damerton and he's ignoring arabella and cassandra <laughs> and, and also miss seaton his... or whatever who's yeah with oh damerton's like young lady he's he's walking. escorting yeah yeah and so yeah and miss seaton like squeaks and like tries to hide because this is a very like you know Confront and it's almost feels like confrontational because he you know, didn't even try genteel. to introduce himself it's to anybody. Genteel, you he's know, ignoring behavior. them like it's very weird what right. he's doing. And so Cassandra decides to put him in his place and basically call him out for being impolite and mm-hmm. not a gentleman. He's like, "Why would I want to be polite? Why would I want to talk to ladies? What are you talking about?" Like, and she's just and, kind of like, and they start bickering back and forth. And I love back it. And forth. It's great banner because she did, like the you could have just been polite in the first place and then you wouldn't be wasting time. Yeah, it's not discussing. It's not discussing the merits of politeness like it yeah. would have been more efficient if you would have just been polite in the first place rather than be impolite and then now i have to tell you something. yeah because he was complaining about the efficiency and need for time mm-hmm. well meanwhile um damerton and arabella their eyes are agog because they're like, like they Arabella, realize arabella's like pinching her damerton's just kind of like hey oh, but no uh, okay don't you want right. to look at the ladies so i love how the duke <laughs> says make an adorable couple and this guy says spare me your matchmaking I'm already married cassandra's like so am i but now all of a sudden she has this horrible suspicion she's like oh shit i think i know what's happening i think this is my husband and the duke goes <laughs> i realize you're both married but do you realize you're married to each other <laughs> <laughs> so so great it was so it was and, and awesome. like and, so this like, is joshua DeWitt, and he's like of course I knew that we were married. I know that she's my wife. And yeah, of course. But he's I don't like have to scream her every time. Like, he's 
stunned because she like she immediately like puts her arm through his sleeve and is like and she's pretends like, I saw him this morning. We don't need to greet fun. each other all the time. And he just kind of like yes, and I need to talk to my wife right now who is in London. Like why are you in London? Like what is going on? And it was I love awesome. how. Cassandra is not intimidated by his abrupt manner. Right. Also, can we talk about the writing style and the choices that the writer makes for Joshua's oh my character? God. Because yes, it's so please. perfect for him. It is amazing. So his internal monologue is very quick. Like, I remember there's this one. So we learn that he does have a past and all this kind of stuff. And so... He thinks a lot about not wanting – he wanted a marriage of convenience because he never wants to feel anything again. And, like, as he starts to fall for her, he goes, and then, what then? What then? What then? Like, his brain just keeps asking the same question so over and over. frenetic energy. Yes. And his and internal monologues and his dialogue reflect that perfectly. Yes. It's, I, I don't even know how to put his that into words how she does so it. so quick. It moves at such a fast pace. Mm-hmm. And you really feel that whenever you're in his point of view. 100%. And I love it. I it's love so the way good. that his mind works because he's literally in the carriage and he's trying to reconcile this, his wife, being in London. <laughs> and also, with, also with the woman first, that he met? Like, yeah, that's not the woman I married. Man. Her head was always down whenever I met her. She just kind of looked like – He even thought know, her a little bit dowdy and not – Because the daughters were rumored to be really beautiful and, like, she's – passable but not like a super great beauty yeah. or anything like yeah. that and then he's looking at her now and like damn she's kind of hot you know she's like, really pretty look at those attractive. lips and those are he, kissable lips you so know like he starts <laughs> thinking about her like lustily it's really funny because like he has these thoughts and he's like no i need to be thinking about like the like electricity and its properties and then wife birmingham and then no no wife lust no, <laughs> no don't think about wife and lust what <laughs> I love the way his it was, thoughts are written on page. It is really it's brilliant. Cool. You get it's to know really him brilliant. a lot. Yeah. Like, I feel like in a very short amount of time, you know what he finds important and that he definitely needs to push his wife away. But it's going to be hard because now that she is a real person, in his words, I wasn't expecting, like, a wife in theory in the country. I can deal with that. <laughs> right. Someone right in front of me? No. And now she's no. beautiful and she's smart and witty. Wait a second. She's not intimidated you know. by me. Because like at first you just think she's me. this little polite thing. And when he starts snipping at her, she fights right back. And mm-hmm. it's, he's like, oh, ho, she's intelligent. You know, like, so it's I love so this good. exchange where he says, let me explain, Mrs. DeWitt, how marriage <laughs> works. I am the husband, so I make the rules to suit me. Cassandra goes, and I'm the wife, so I changed the rules to suit me. Like, she's not intimidated <laughs> so by him awesome. at all. Like, I just love, love, love. Mm-hmm. And so he thinks in his head she must not say things like this because bad enough that she's shown up here at all as a real person, even where she is attractive. If she proved likable also, that would be disastrous. Yeah. So, like, he just, like, <laughs> I need to limit my time around her and I need to get her off to her country estate, like, ASAP. And but also, she's unwilling she's, to go. She's also, she's very, so she's as quick-witted as him. Like, he calls mm-hmm. her, he keeps calling her different names, like Camilla and or Camilla or anything but Cassandra. And she calls him Josiah, Josiah. and Jeremy and, like, you know, anything but Joshua, like, right back at him. Like, she plays this game. He's like, oh, I like this game. He like, you know, it's games. like, oh, my God. It's she's so quick. So and he good. enjoys that she is quick as well. She's not as boring as he thought she was. He's nope. like, he's like, wait, she's not boring. This is even worse. You know, So I mentioned earlier that Joshua is a widower. So this is something that 
um, she doesn't know. I mean, she knows in theory that he's a widower. Right. But, like, she doesn't know anything about his past. But we we find out. So after Joshua, I think he was 14 when it was discovered that his father was still married to his first right. wife. Right. And as a 14-year-old, grew up thinking that he was going to inherit the title and stuff. And then all of a sudden he has nothing. Well, his dad, like, doesn't even care. Like, he's not a person that cares about his children. And so, like, he just kind of was like, oopsie, I Sorry. did a bad. Y'all are all and, disowned okay, now. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> I'm, he didn't care where they went. He didn't care about their safety. And his like, mother also decided to take the young daughter. The daughter and go into hiding. Go into hiding. The daughter was four years old and she just, like, she left somewhere. Yeah. Leaving her her three sons. There was three of them. Basically so, abandoned. Abandoned them. And he's 14 and he's the oldest. And he has to know how to deal with this. Well, there was, we find out much later in a confession when he's talking to Cassandra that there was a gentleman that decided to take pity on them. Like, mm-hmm. nobody else helped them. Nobody in the yeah. ton decided, like, oh, man. Oh, there's these three these boys, boys on their own girl now. girl is literally abandoned. Like, maybe mm-hmm. somebody should help them. <sighs> nobody did except one person. And it ended up by being Cassandra's dad. Cassandra's dad took him under his wing and also found him a job as an errand boy for this um, industrial. And got him into business. Got him into business. And so he was working for this guy, and he ended up by marrying the guy's daughter. Rachel, who was like six years his senior. Yeah, she was like 26 and he was like 19 mm-hmm. or something. Yes, yeah. yes. And she had a really great head for business. So like right. she, he even thinks about like what would have happened if I would have grown up expecting to inherit the title would i be like the man who cassandra was first betrothed Ooh. to because he's terrible we'll talk let's about talk him. about t- oh yeah. lord so anyway we know that he was married to a girl named rachel and she died we also know from they his did point of view, they did fall in love you know it wasn't a love match first. at first they they're were friends, friends first they're basically friends to lovers sort of thing right and we get a hint that he was a dad because he mentions this little boy named samuel, samuel. but Nobody knows that he had a son. Right. So he's keeping that all close to the vest. And it makes the reader understand why he doesn't want Cassandra to grow close to him because obviously he lost them, but we don't know how. And he, see, he definitely has abandonment issues. His Mm -hmm. father abandoned him. His mother then abandoned him. Um, And then... You know, his wife left him because he of death. Himself he, you know, up to like every time he opens himself up, they die. And so he just like my life is my business. That is that is what keeps me whole. That's what it keeps me sane, and that's all I need. Mm-hmm. You know, the only reason he married Cassandra was because he would do anything for the man who saved him, which was her father. Right, and there's a secret a behind that as well, which right. we'll discuss later. Yeah. Oh, when we get there. So let's, let's talk, talk about, about the, Lily the, Brook. Is it Lily Brook? What are their names? What's the what's that fucker's God, name? God, I don't know. The the Viscount who the, Cassandra was I, supposed to marry. In I the think first it's Lily place. Brook or something like that is their name. Some I something like that. You may have written it down. But his name is Henry. Okay, so we have Henry and his wife Phyllis. Uh, I think it's Lily Brook. I'm not sure. The Vi- Viscount and the Viscountess. Just, oh, it's Boulderwood. Boulder <laughs> Lily Brook. It's Boulderwood. Y'all, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's not Lily Brook. It's Boulderwood. I wrote okay. it down. <laughs> hey, same syllables. Um, so anyway, so Henry uh, is the one who had jilted her. And basically what has also recently happened is um, 
He invested. Joshua, he invested in one of Joshua. Joshua ha- does has lots of investments that come along, and he will offer advice to people. And he'll Some say, "Some of Look, them are speculative, speculative." And he told them, meaning no there could be a loss. And on this one, he only said, "Only invest the money that you exactly that you, that you can lose, with. that yeah. you're willing to lose." Mm-hmm. He said, "Only invest money you're willing to lose." Well. Henry did not do that. He went and took a loan, mm-hmm. a large loan out and invested mm-hmm. that and then lost it all, mm-hmm. thinking he was going to have this big payback. So he blames um, Joshua for this. So early on, they're like in a fist fight over this. And um, I know. love how so Cassandra obviously does not leave. OK, and she kind of <laughs> lays it out like why she's in London. Yeah, she's like, not I'm not my sister leaving care because of. I need to talk to my grandmother, the Duchess. And we find out that. You know, the Duchess kind of did not agree with like the the match that the the dad made and all that right. jazz, and so they weren't. There's really a little close. bit of bad blood, not bad terrible. Blood. So she kind of has to convince her grandmother to take Lucy under the wing, and she's waiting to have a meeting with with her grandmother, the Duchess. But she needs to appear in society and make sure that her reputation, like she's popular, so that she can launch her sister into society. So they go to – she has an aunt who's also titled, and her aunt's having a ball. And they go to this ball. Mm-hmm. And um, when she's trying to convince uh, Joshua to let her stay, he's like, you know what? Yeah, I'll make changes to my reputation because he's a little bit scandalous. She even calls him out like, oh, I heard that you are um, – you love to sleep with other, other men's, men's wives. wives. And yeah. stuff like he has that. A re- he has, so he has a reputation for sleeping with other men's wives. But he always says like to himself – he doesn't try to explain himself to Cassandra at this point at all. But he always makes sure that it's – he's sleeping with wives that the husband literally does not care. Like they are both taking lovers type of thing. Like he's right. not trying to jilt um, anybody. Um, but she doesn't know that, obviously. She just knows he has a reputation. But he and at first, she's like, I don't care who you sleep with. It doesn't matter to me. Like, yeah, you don't like, have I don't a real marriage. Yeah, but like, as long I, as you're not bothering me. I do me. want you to be respectable while I'm here. I want you to take out that hoop earring, and I want you to shave. Like, look respectable. Right. And he's like, what are you going to give me in exchange? <laughs> and she's like, well, what do you want? And he's like, you know, an kiss inducement. down there. An inducement. an inducement. So basically, he propositions her for a blowjob. For and she's sex. like, <gasps> You're so vulgar. What the hell? So her only physical experience was literally their wedding night. So yeah. she just has no idea about anything. But what's so awesome is she spends the entire night at the ball thinking about all these other couples, basically the women going down on them. And it's like, do other women do this for she their She ends husbands? up by asking Arabella. And asking Arabella. Like, hey, um, do, do you, you kiss him kiss down there? And Arabella's no. like, what? <laughs> like, why are you asking? She's like, um, um. <laughs> Okay, because and she ends up by telling her like later on, like, yeah, like other things because, to talk about, but she just like the answer because that's what he wants yes. me to do to get, get yeah. what I want, you mm-hmm. know, basically. And at this ball, we have an altercation, mm. a couple of different altercations, okay, a couple of different altercations. So let's talk first about when she runs into the woman who stole her fiance, yeah. her betrothed. And at first, she's going to be magnanimous. Yeah, she's like, she's you know like okay, she's, she's pretty. pretty. She's pretty. She's, she's very pretty. nice. As soon as she opens her mouth, she goes, "She is not pretty," and she is not nice because she just like the the wife, the new wife, just is so. No, she's a total mean girl. She's such a bitch, man. She's a total mean girl. I mean, absolutely yeah. such a bitch. Yeah, she's one. 100% like, oh, it's too bad that you don't have a loving relationship like me and Henry. And she's like, but he's going to get his comeuppance because it's coming to mm-hmm. him, what he's done and all the women he's been with. And she like, also what? starts to 
talk about Josh and just kind of like, uh, mm-hmm. she talks about like, you know, Josh sleeping with other women, but also just kind of like, uh, oh, you poor dear. Like, having to be married not, to yeah, him. Harry, and so Cassandra is forced to come to his defense. She's like, mm-hmm. he is the best man ever. He is the like, kind, generous husband. And generous and stuff like that. And then her and her husband, so Phyllis and her husband, Henry, Make a little comment being like, oh, well, he's going to get his comeuppance or yeah, whatever. And sometimes yeah. you just have to take matters into your own so hands. So you know they've some got justice some scheme or something some plan like that. Yeah. We're talking about something. But she's not aware, really, of the vendetta against Joshua at this right. point with them. Then that conversation is interrupted because all of a sudden there's a commotion um, across the room. A glass is broken and she turns to see that her husband, Joshua, is facing <laughs> off against his father, Trayford. the Earl of Trayford or whatever. Yeah, Trayford. And so she actually comes to Joshua's side because he, Joshua loves nothing more than to get under his father's skin. He hates him. He is despicable yeah. in his eyes. And the the Earl sees he's him re- and he's like, remarried. what are you doing Now here? he's remarried now a he's third remarried. time. Yeah. <laughs> and I love how Joshua, like, calls him out and stuff. Oh, he's also wearing the signet ring. He never gave it back. Yes, he wears it on his pinky. And the father wants it back right now, really quick. So that's what the argument's about, is he's like, give that. That belongs to my son. You he know, like brings <sighs> it up. He just kind of like, oh, I heard that your mistress is pregnant and stuff like that. Another child for you to abandon <laughs> and stuff like that. Like, he is calling him out left and right. But in his head, I really love this moment because he's just kind of like, he knows he's making a scene. He's like, I wish somebody would stop me. If Cassandra were here, she would stop me. And he's just like, I wish somebody would stop me, stop me, stop me. But I cannot, like, I cannot stop these I words love... from pouring out of my mouth. And all of a sudden, there's like a touch on his shoulder and a hand going in the crook it's of a... his elbow. And it's her. And all of a sudden, her presence there. And she's calm. Yes. I love the description. It's like very soft. He's mm-hmm. like, it's like there's this soft feminine touch who's mm-hmm. pulling me down basically from the brink you know yeah. and then they're she's like snarling in each other's faces and, and see like, here the, the important thing here to me is that joshua's always making fun of politeness and polite speak he calls it polite speak the because way because people aren't really saying like what they're really saying right really it's lies think. it's lies but at this point she steps in and she's like oh duchess it's so nice to meet you i've always wanted to meet you and like her politeness smooths it all out so that everybody can go about their business and like de-escalate this situation yeah. from becoming something terrible and he realizes okay i really needed her and so it's like we see the sort of opposites attract like yeah. they balance each other out they do balance each other out she also whispers in his ear joshua i'll do i'll thing. do it i'll do you your inducement i'll do that and he's like really <laughs> y'all y'all okay then. okay let's please get back home so she is in her so bedroom she bargained. she's like we're not leaving for at least 30 minutes because i want you to pull up your end of the bargain first right. before i do anything yes okay i can do that so they like walk around and make nice and everything and again arabella before she leaves says, she goes uh yes, yes. That answer to your question. Yes, I, I do, do that, that and I enjoy it. And so, so does he. Yes. <laughs> She's like, okay, okay, I can do this. If this I is really like something love real. <laughs> how innocent Cassandra is, though, because like she is so confident, honestly, at least outwardly confident. Yes. And when we get to the scene where she's in her bedroom, she's expecting Joshua to to go over there. She also is just kind of like she has she has an agenda. She's like, I can give him what he wants or whatever. And so she's dressed in her regular nightwear. She has her regular nightgown <laughs> with also her like flannel overcoat and her bonnet and that her keeps nightcap. her hair, her nightcap <laughs> that keeps her hair in place. And he's like, "What are you wearing, y'all?" The this? internal monologue. 
what is that ugly, hideous thing she is wearing? It's this bow. And he like fiddles with the bow. The way he talks. She's like, it's these, warm. It's oh warm. Oh my God. And also this cap He's keeps so my hair in place. fucking funny. It makes it so that I don't have to spend so much time on my hair in the morning. Like oh it's, my God. it's for reasons. But then she's just kind of like, you know what? I approached this the wrong way. I should have approached it in a way to seduce him because she makes a comment. She's just like, if you wanted like lingerie or something, you should have said something. And then she's like, oh, I should have tried to seduce him because maybe I could get my way if I tried to seduce him. Problem is she doesn't know how to seduce him. She has no idea (laughs) what she's doing. She has no clue what to do. But I love how he jumps on her bed and like lays there all seductively. That was, I don't know why, that was one of my favorite scenes because he literally takes like a running Running jump jump. into her bed and like flops on and then Pat's the like, next her. Come here, sweet pea. He is like, come incredibly next to me. playful. I love his character. Yes, it's I know. So fun. It's so Ugh. fun. He's not. He's not like uptight or anything. Mm-mm. And he's obviously. I mean, he does. He wants to distance himself from you know the aristocracy and stuff. He's a working class gentleman in his mind. So he doesn't care about polite society or any of those things. Mm-mm. And I feel like it makes him such a fun character. Um, so they have their little moment where he knows that his wife is so innocent and he's kind of like <laughs> seeing how far her. she'll go. He's like, how far are you willing to take this? Mm-hmm. Like, she's like, I told you I was going to do it. But she's like, how is it done? What do I do? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. tell me what to do. He is like, like literally. Should we do it in the bed? Should we blow out the candles? He's like, no, please light more. Light I more. Want I want to see all of this. Yeah. I love how he's like, it, it, when he can't stand it anymore, because he's pretending too. He just like, you are so adorable. And he just bursts out laughing like. She, and then she gets mad. She's like, don't mock me for being innocent. You know, you society wants us to be innocent. And then you're mad. You know, you make yeah, fun of me because I don't blame women because you like, want to keep us virginal. And then whenever we're in the marriage bed, you expect us to know things. Like, that's not fair. Yeah. It's not it's, fair. It's, but he is just – he's really, y'all – enraptured with her because she is not only she's so like blunt and honest and you know outright you know with her feelings and thoughts and and he just can't get over it he's like i've never met someone like you <laughs> you know like I she's such it. contrast of confidence and innocence and all those things yes, you know exactly oh so they don't end up by doing anything nothing that time. yeah they just talk um, and then he leaves her in the bedroom and just exactly. like good night good night cassandra <laughs> and i love i just love the way that they continue um the way that she's like inserting herself into his life and mm-hmm. she goes to his business like the next day yeah and she sees him talking to these children and like her impression of him is that he has n- he has no desire to be around children he thinks that they're just like yeah because he know, had already kind of said like i don't want children mm-hmm. you know like because she had kind of was like but he well, also like implies that it's just like children in general that he just doesn't care right. to spend time they're a nuisance. on they're a nuisance. They're, a nuisance they're not grown up they can't do anything like why would yeah I why would i but waste then she my goes time to his business and all of a sudden sees him speaking to children and he actually like, looks like he's he's very attentive. And she finds out from the secretary who's over there, <laughs> she finds out that he actually has a program where he teaches children skills. And he does pay them a wage. He's not like employing them like a factor or anything. He's actually teaching them like useful skills. And, and uh, hopefully they will have enough education where they don't have right. to go into like factory work. He's giving them like mini lessons, you know, mm-hmm. and he even talks to her later. He's like one of his favorite 
what he calls basically like pupils to him is Martin. Martin, and he because he has these ideas of how to create a flying craft. Like he has an inventor's brain, a mathematical mm-hmm. inventor's brain. And that just fascinates him because he is that kind of person, inventive and creative and smart and, you know, quick. Mm-hmm. And so he really loves um, all these children. Martin is just one of his favorites that yes. he talks to quite often. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I really love, you know, she, her, her mental image of like her future is starting to kind of change because first of all she enjoys his company like she never expected to enjoy joshua's company but she does she enjoys their band she's like maybe maybe i could come to london every once in a while and i could have an affair with my husband you know like Like, maybe (laughs) i can explore this sexual thing without yes like feeling we could still have our separate lives yeah and like he even he even like comes on to her in the office and stuff like that like it's just like they can't help but recognize a spark between them like they can't ignore it there's an attraction there is an attraction and um so unfortunately the same guy who was supposed to marry cassandra he um puts a claim in court that joshua has slept with his wife and he is (laughs) Uh, seeking damages um, for criminal like conversation. 50, I, love, I love that phrase. Criminal conversation means having an adulterous affair. And right. With his property. 50,000 pounds. Um, yeah. And damage, like some, something like damage to my property because your wife is your property. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. So we come to find out that basically Henry doesn't care. Basically, his wife's kind of a – they're swingers. Yeah. And she's a bit of a whore. We found out that later. <laughs> but the thing is – okay, so initially Cassandra is very hurt by this. Yes. And she actually, like – she gets a little tipsy. And she's mm-hmm. just kind of like, you know, I don't care what you do, but, like, why her? Why her? The why one who, her? who took my life away from me. Mm-hmm. The wife – the life I was supposed to have. trying to explain. She took it. Like – I could have had, like, she has my life. I could have been married and have, and I could have had kids, something that I wanted. But instead I get you. Like, this yes. is where I'm saddled. I'm saddled with you who doesn't want a marriage. You don't want a family. You don't want like, children. I'm just like. She took my fucking life and now you slept with her. And Joshua's, like, trying to get a word in this whole time. But she's just letting Raging. it all loose. She even, like, knocks a chair she even over. knocks a chair over. By the way, we're in his point of view and he is getting so turned on he's by her like, fiery oh, temper. Like, this is great. This is nice. I love it when she loses her temper. This is great. There's no politeness whatsoever. <laughs> no politeness here. And so he's like, if you would calm down a second, I can tell I can you tell I you. have never touched that woman. He it's actually lies. lists all the women that he's been with, like five yeah. women. And he's like, and you know what? There hasn't been anybody in a year. Um, there was going to be somebody, but then yeah. you appeared. And, and um, he also made sure he even said, yes, these were wives of other men. And I made sure between both of them that that was okay. Like these were all marriages of convenience where this is kind of a thing in the ton where once they get, they have their heir and whatever, they go and get lovers, you know, Mm -hmm. outside the marriage. And so he hasn't necessarily done anything wrong according to their ton traditions, you know? So so the the husbands are aware of him, him being with their wives. They technically could sue, but they don't care. You know what I'm saying? Because they're like doing they're, the same. It's kind it's of a all mutual. Agreed. It's, it's all it's, agreed upon. Right. It's a mutual he's like, situation. I'm not going to be with anybody mm-hmm. without like their husband's knowledge. Basically, and he's like, and I haven't been anybody within a in a year. You know, yeah. like he's been celibate for a long a while now, just because he's been busy and he doesn't care and whatever. But now it's all he's thinking about is Sandra <laughs> lusting after his and own he's just wife. Kind of like, why are you so angry about this? Yeah. <laughs> are you jealous? 
by chance are you a little bit jealous? And so, like, she gets a little <laughs> bit tipsy and stuff, and he lays her down on the bed, and that's whenever they have, like, their first, their first kiss, kiss and stuff like that. And yeah. she just kind of, like, she's a little drunk, and he has to, like, tear himself away from her because he's just like, I can't but it's do a, more. But it's a mind-blowing kiss. Like, yeah. he is affected by it. He's like, that's all he can think about the next day is his wife. Is like, he wants to get through the work. He can barely get through the work day now. Usually, usually it's like he's just consumed with work. Mm-hmm. And now he can't even think about fucking work. He's just mm-hmm. like, I just want to be, wonder what she's doing. What is she, well, let me go see what she's, let me go see what she's doing. Let me yeah. go see what's happening. So you know, like, he sends off some of his secretaries to basically get to the bottom of this because yeah. the evidence that they present is that the times that he visited the this woman were all times where he's not technically accounted mm-hmm. for with his like business meetings. Or there anything. were also love letters. There's le- love letters that she claims were written to her. Right. And the lawyer comes out and actually shows him one. He was like, apparently, like, those this were one, stolen. Those like, are personal, you know? So whenever they they read one of the letters, you can see his face go extremely dark. Like he is furious. And Cassandra's just kind of like, oh my goodness. Like, First of all, he's never said anything that flowery to me ever. Like, I can't even imagine yeah. him saying this flowery. But whenever she looks at the handwriting, it's not that she recognizes it, but she's like, that looks like the type of handwriting that he would have, like, barely legible. Not like, only that, there's, there's to- something in his face that says, he says, those were stolen from me. And we find out that they were love letters he wrote after Rachel died. It was like when, when he was grieving over her, mm-hmm. he would write letters to her as a yeah. sort of a mourning process. Which and is so despicable that they stole he that. He ends up by you know? telling her this, Cassandra, this. Yeah. He ends up by telling her, like, yeah, they are real. And she is offended on his behalf. She's uh, like, right. how dare someone steal your personal letters? Like, that is deplorable. Right. Let's think about somebody who had access to your house and who would be able to go search at for first like he, at first he accuses Doss, Doss, who is his closest friend and secretary. And Doss is offended and he goes like, fine, and like walks off. And then he realizes he's being Cassandra's like, it's not Doss. It's, it's not, not him, you know? And not only that, she says, you don't need one of your own attorneys, like your business attorneys. You need someone who specializes in adultery. And so she recommends this guy, George something or other, Copeland, I think, or something. And he takes her advice. And then later he realizes she was right. Like, it's like he's starting to see the benefit of having her in his life, not just as, you know, the... She's a little bit of a calming you know? presence because he can be a little bit hot-headed. Mm-hmm. Like you said, like he immediately thinks Doss is definitely somebody who has access to all of that. Right. And he like literally looks kind him of in the eyes and like, um, mm, you... Um, and Cassandra's just kind of like, no, let's take a deep breath. Like, who else it's would have access? Him. And finally, he's like, oh, you're so right. It's so-and-so. And, like, he, he left right name. after, you know, out of anger and yeah, all and this stuff. Yeah, and he gave a disgruntled employee right. and all that jazz. Like, he had opportunity. And mm-hmm. so they figured that out. So they're just building their case to where, you know, right, they like, are not able to be sued because Yeah, and the attorney's like, we have to go it. to all these different places and fine, because the days that he allegedly was with this woman are unaccounted for, and some of them are unaccounted for in his um, schedule. So um, they have to basically go and backtrack, where were you? And because there are certain places he would visit, he would sign in. Like when he would go to the boys' home or whatever, he mm-hmm. would sign in. So they have to go and get uh, proof of all that. Meanwhile, while they're gathering all this proof, 
Um, she actually, so Cassandra and Joshua actually do end up by sleeping together. Mm. Okay. So I really love it because it's like, it's, it's not that it feels like a long time coming, but it's just like definitely sexual tension was simmering in the background. And when they finally like sleep together. So this is one thing, like she knows that Joshua doesn't want to have a kid or anything because that, that means that, you know, he'll be forever attached to her with a kid. He doesn't want to be raising a kid or anything. And she's kind of maybe overtures like she would she kind of wants a kid like can you give me a baby like like give me at least that and i'll go back to the country country, you don't have to to be involved yeah you don't have to be involved and that's he she doesn't understand why he doesn't want kids right he's he just thinks he's sort of being kind of selfish you know, and just and not giving her the baby. That he's lost the child, and so he doesn't. And he, instead of telling her that, he just agrees to give her what she wants because in his mind, he can't resist her any longer. Y'all, and I love his thoughts. He's like, "I want her to want me, but she wants the baby. But if this is all I can have, this is the only way I can have her." Because he desires her so much, and he and does he, wait until he feels like she actually wants him wants him yeah like desires him not just like oh lie back and think of england just for you yes. to be pregnant like he wants her to desire him and he does wait for that mm-hmm. and i mean they have like explosive oh my God. they have beautiful sex beautiful sex scenes beautiful lovely but mm-hmm. then their little honeymoon phase is interrupted by this voice and she just kind of like she's like no oh, no no lucy. lucy lucy the bitch lucy. sister has arrived. Y'all, I, and look, this is what I was telling Justin before we even started the podcast. We did a little pre-podcast chat. <laughs> and I was like, Justin, I've never read a historical romance where the heroine's sister, unless she was a villain, like a s- wicked stepsister, is literally awful. the biggest awful bitch in the world. Like, I hate lucy i can tell you there are scenes with her in it that i there was one scene i told justin like when she comes down for her debutante ball and she's supposed to be all beautiful i was like fuck this i'm not reading about how beautiful she is she made me so mad i was like i'm skipping ahead it's just the way that she talks to cassandra <sighs> like we understand all the stuff that cassandra is sacrificing and she's literally in london for lucy for lucy trying and to lucy get the grandmother on her side she's just kind of like why do you get to have all the fun like i'm gonna come to london and she calls her mother cassandra mother all belittling you're like so boring you're so you won't boring. let us do anything type of thing yeah she's always on cassandra's case like all the fucking time constantly constantly being mean <sighs> it's ridiculous it's just it really is ridiculous i was like i hate this sister and then emily starts behaving the same way because she's acting like lucy she's a 14 year old trying to like emulate the older sister yeah they're both thing. just total bitchy brats yes and i kind of really love how she has like such complicated family dynamics so she ends up by earlier on in the book she ends up by talking to the duchess and the duchess kind of just refuses like hey i yeah. don't have time on the social no, calendar like, time. No, no sorry refuse no time joshua ends up by blackmailing kind of like her lover it's like rumored to be her lover he's like um he's like an archaeologist Sir arthur he is obsessed with like the greek and roman yes. period and he wants to publish all kind of things and yeah um joshua has invested in some stuff that sir arthur has been doing so basically he's like i'm gonna pull my funds so the duchess ends up by helping lucy because joshua takes away some of the investments that he was sending to her husband basically 
And um, so she's like, okay, well played. You have backed me into a corner and <laughs> let's see what we have to work with. So she appraises Lucy and she's like, great beauty or whatever. But the funny thing is, like, this is where, like, you can't really get a beat on Lucy. Because, yeah. like, she wants to be in London. She wants to be out of the country. She wants to have adventure and fun. But the second that she has the opportunity to do so, when the Duchess, her grandmother, can launch her into society, Lucy wants to be kind of like a brat, like, the whole time. Yeah. Like, she just tries to, like, be, like, a little bit uncouth, try to, like, put the grandmother on the back foot type of thing. Luckily, the grandmother is made of, like, stern stuff. Yeah, she's, she's like, like, she reminds me of my Susan at Once Upon a Time. I can handle her. She's like, but not until the autumn you know i need i need some time you know i'll we'll or no she i think she agrees to let her bring her out at the ball she's gonna have a ball and so she's like that'll be her coming out on my ball yeah at my ball and so they plan for that but still like lucy like you can see she has like a little bit of a self-destructive streak very much so she she just is not helping her case at all and and cassandra at some point tells Joshua says, Lucy is broken. She's broken. And we don't know. We don't know why. Right. And so that's what's like killing me is like, is she just broken because she's had to like, just like Cassandra? So we, but she doesn't even know what Cassandra knows, which we find out is that her father did not just die. He made arrangements for her to marry so that she would inherit Sun Place, their home. This state. You know, because the only way she could have it is if she was married to someone who would basically let her stay there. And that's what Joshua was for. But- when Cassandra is reflecting back on, like, the timeline of it all, like, her brother had recently died. Right. Her father's trying to make arrangements. But she's just kind of like, Dad, like, you're You're nowhere. fine. You're, you're, you're not old. You're like, healthy. You about? Nothing's going to happen to you. Time soon, but then all of a sudden you die She dies within a month. Well, then whenever she <laughs> finally confesses to Joshua, nobody else knows Nobody this. knows. Nobody else except knows for like Except for, like, two, like, the house um, keeper. Yeah. And I think some other, other person in bribed. town, like she a bailiff to in town. a couple people. Right. Because she actually found her dad after like a really stormy night in the stable and he had shot himself. He had shot himself. He killed himself. He killed himself. And she's like, nobody else knows this. And she's been carrying this burden like the whole entire time. Yeah. Like she never could unburden herself. Her family has no idea. Joshua had no idea. Like, yeah. he had no idea at all. Yeah. And he thinks to the moment where she actually sent for him. Like, after her dad died, she actually sent for Joshua. And yeah. Joshua was just kind of like... He didn't come. He was he just, mourning his friend and didn't see the need why he needed to go To there. go to the funeral. And so he just so mourned now, him from afar. Oh God. He's berating himself. He's like, oh, my God, she My wife me, needed and me and I, I wasn't there. Oh, I yeah. love that. I do, too. I love where he starts to realize. And he watches Lucy and he's like, Cassandra has given up everything for them. And all they are is cruel to him. He's like, even I'm cruel to her. Even I'm mean. Like, he's like, she deserves so much more. Like, he sees so much in her. It's really, really beautiful to get in his point of view when he starts expounding on Cassandra yeah. and what kind of person she is, you know? And he knows, like, he he wants to be wanted by her. He wants for her to be in love with him. Mm-hmm. But there's a little bit, it's not really mis- miscommunication, but they're unwilling to be vulnerable with each other at this point. Yeah. They can be sexual with each other, but they're unwilling to say that they want more in this marriage because they've right. kind of already drawn their lines early on being like, marriage I just want a baby fine with us. Yeah, right. I'll go back to Sun Place. You go right. back to Birmingham where your factories are and we'll leave, live our separate lives because that's yet, what you've always wanted type of thing. But now they want more, but they're unwilling to say, hey, I changed my mind. I want more. Because like, y'all, it's not, just, it's not just sex. It's like... Every time they come together and are alone, you know, whether it's sexual or to play, it's just, they're so playful. They talk and about their so, day. Like, yes. It's just, it's and they just, ha- they play their little bantery games. Like they, yes. 
Yes. They're 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 falling in love. <laughs> yeah. So um we come to the ball and mm. the ball is pretty successful, except Lucy gets into brandy. Mm. Yeah, Lucy gets into some um champagne or brandy or something. And then um, she starts making toasts. She's like, the first, you know, um, the first champagne glasses, the the first boy who catches the champagne glass, he gets a kiss and she throws that one up. The next one, like the next one gets a dance. And then she's like, and this one will marry me. So she flings it in the air. And of course, it like lands on the chandelier. The men are taking their throwing boots their off and throwing their shoes at the chandelier. I'm like, this is a shit show if this is happening at, happening at a she's ball. She's making a crazy spectacle. Yeah, it's okay? a complete spectacle of herself. And then like this hand shoots up in the air to catch the champagne glass. Yeah. And it's like this tall, dark stranger. But then, and then he disappears. Are, like, parting and stuff. All, all they see is the footman with the champagne <laughs> He's glass. He's like, what's like, It's not me. It's not me. <laughs> Like the footman. He, he left. I don't know. Like where a he Scotsman. Went. And she goes, I'll marry the Scotsman. This is why I think she's going to get her own story and hopefully a redemption story. I would love for her to be redeemed because I would too. Because I really don't Julie like and I her. We were talking about this. Like, the family aspect of the of Cassandra's story feels unfinished. You know, it definitely. Like, there's definitely unfinished business Especially between Lucy. Lucy and Cassandra, and but there are moments like Cassandra is so forgiving of Lucy and not like you know, there are times like I love when she throws champagne. They throw champagne in each other's faces at the yeah, ball, which really is great. that's how it all ends. But then I love Joshua just tosses her over her his uh, shoulders and carries her out like a sack of potatoes, but. After that, after the ball, she's talking to Lucy when they have a, you know, <laughs> calm conversation. And she's like, yeah, well, the whole ball was ruined or whatever. She's like, but at least you got your husband back. Yeah. And so it's like, wait, did Lucy cause a scene? Because at the time, they were they were broken. Joshua and Cassandra were, like, not sleeping together anymore. And they weren't talking. And, um... Well, it was kind of more strained because he knows that he's kind of being used as, a quote-unquote, a broodmare. Right. And, like... She, he's waiting for her to confirm that she's pregnant so that she can go back to Sun Place and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and she's been putting it off type of thing. Yeah. Like so he's not- kind of like shutting her out, but like he can't when she needed him, he had to step in and then he's like, I'll take care, you know, I'll take care of it. I'll take care of you. And so we get this feeling for a fleeting moment that Lucy did that to benefit her sister, even though it was still horrific. Yeah. Like, she embarrassed the entire family. I would love to get into Lucy's head. Yeah. Like, I really... I just want to understand. I really want... I just want to understand. I want to like her, because I really despised her, the way she treated her sister in this story. So, we'll see. hard to sympathize with her at this point. Yeah. Very hard. And, okay, so we get the whole... The whole um, um, lawsuit just they end up we'll see that also happens at the ball basically the viscountess tries to say something nasty about the the grandmother about the grandmother and then cassandra stands up for her and basically a wall of like her army of elite come behind her the ton basically like tell him get the hell out of my house you're never welcome here again so they go abroad the case is dropped and they're gone and so and now that they're returning to sun place she kind of Ask him, will you come with me? Will you mm-hmm. come and spend some time just to, just to see it before you go to Birmingham? Because he's always like, I have to get back to Birmingham because that's where his industry is. That's where his business is. And that's where he's always claimed like all his interests. That's where he made his man, you know, mm-hmm. made himself, you know, into what he is. And she's like, well, maybe you could like to stay at some place just for a little bit. And he's like, yeah, I can do that just for a little bit. Just so we know you've conceived, right? Because we so don't know. And so this is the point where she's like, she's late, but she keeps justifying it to herself like, well, she wants to be sure. So she- <laughs> 
there's like she's not saying anything and you know it's been three weeks and they're just like in this domestic bliss joshua does not seem bored because he keeps asking everyone around the house like oh how did he talks like to the laundry maids being like <laughs> oh, how what man. is the best method of doing this like he's just so interested in every aspect he's of the had state. such an inventor scientist mm-hmm. brain he's just like how does this work can you tell me how this works like you know he just wants he to comes know up with like every- a better bridge process like with the locals he even talks to them about how they can like um clean the water which carries disease because of course we also find out his son died of disease you know and um we also oh that is what also happened martin died that's why oh, they yeah. had that break his um his young little protege and six, and five other boys died at the uh, boys home and that just sort of cut him off like from cassandra for a, little bit. a bit of a depression right you know but i love that he's starting to find ways to maybe solve the problems but he's thinking of all these things he can do around sun place around her home like build new little businesses and she decides it's been so long since she's figured out that she's pregnant she's like oh god i gotta tell him so she decides to tell him she puts away her knitting because she's knitting like baby bonnets and all that jazz and she puts it in the basket she's in her little like um her like solar and stuff like that and she decides to show Joshua the plans that she has to renovate some place. And she was, like, showing, you know, the first floor. Well, first of all, they want to move her mother out of, like, you know, the He's Lord and Lady's the, chambers, yeah, you know. Yeah. And she's like, well, that can be our chambers we can, and We stuff. can build a mother-in-law suite. We can build a mother's suite. Yeah, she you can know, be over there. Close to her garden where she likes to garden. And she has a place for, it says, Mr. DeWitt's office. Like, she's <laughs> including him in her life, being like, yeah. I want you here. Like, this is her kind of she's wearing She's literally her shaking. Too while she shows it to him. Well, she doesn't flip to the last page, which is the upper floors, and it's about the nursery, and he ends up flipping to it. And he, in his point of view, I'm really glad in his point of view, he's just kind of like, you know what? I definitely figured it out on my own, but I didn't want to acknowledge it because he's having so much fun. Like, he doesn't want it to be over. He knows she's not um, had a pause from sexual relations since they've known each other. So (laughs) she's, And so in his mind, he was unwilling to leave, too, because he knew as soon as she was pregnant, there was no nothing that was keeping him there anymore. And he wanted to stay, but she did, too. So he reacts to the news of her pregnant, like, being pregnant. He doesn't really say anything. It's very, like... He's very, like, deer in headlights type of thing. Mm-hmm. And Cassandra does not take that well. Cassandra's just like, okay, you know what? If you're going to be this way, like, Because he just says, he just says, because he starts to say something. And what he wants to say is, I would like to, I'd love to stay here. Instead, he says, I need to go to Birmingham. Like, it's just like his, it's like his rote response in his head. His defense mechanism is run to Birmingham. For him, you it's know? like everything makes sense in Birmingham. Right. Here, I can't control it. Yes. I can't control my feelings. I can't control what's happening. She's pregnant. There's a baby. Now she's making me and in the office. And she has like, very little you know, patience for this type of attitude. She's, she's like, like, you know fine, what? Just go. Leave go, by. Go we to Birmingham. We don't need you. We mm-hmm. don't need you at all. Go to Birmingham. So he goes to Birmingham. And he spends a couple of days there. And she even, in her point of view, she's just kind of like, she expected him to come back, you know? Like, she waits a couple of days hoping that he'll come back and he doesn't. Yeah. Because he does go all the way to Birmingham and it takes yes. him a couple of days to sort through his feelings. And he realizes he's just like... There's nothing here. This, this holds no appeal to me anymore. Yeah. And also, while he's at some place, all of his secretaries are taking care of things. Like, he realizes yeah. he does not have to have a finger on the pulse of every aspect of his business Right, he anymore. can still own the business and other people can manage it. He can he have a life. To, he can right. have a life. He can have a wife. 
He can still do his investments, but he does right. not need to be so concerned. He had just been burying his his grief and everything else in business and for so long. But when he was looking at the house, he was looking at all these old things like Rachel's old clocks. He was looking at the bearskin rug that his uh, brother had sent that Samuel used to play on and talk to, which was really like a sweet endearing thing. That was a thing. freaking adorable So it was he so like heartfelt. Yeah. But all he saw was his past. He's like, my my present, my future is Cassandra and she's not here. Yeah. And so he's decided he's, you know, basically like laughing and he's running back. Well, then we get to Cassandra and she is in a deep depression. By the third day, she can't eat. She's not eating. She's not feeling well. And she goes to her garden, which she had showed him, which they had like this beautiful lovemaking scene in the garden earlier on when they were at some place. And it starts to rain and she just sits there. She just sits there in the lawn. Let's, I mean, y'all, it was so sad. And she's like, has her eyes closed and she hears her name, Cassandra. She goes, I can even hear him in my mind. It was like so vivid, but he's there. He's like calling to her. And then when she wakes up and looks at him, he looks at her in her skirts. There's blood all over her skirts. And she's like yelling. And obviously she's miscarrying. And it's it is such a sad scene. It is, but a, a sad heartfelt scene, though, because, scene. But I like I don't like that she's miscarrying. But I right. like that Joshua is stepping up because he's like, and he's like, I'm not going anywhere. You he know? wants to be there for her. Yes, even though she's pushing him away, she's like, not you, Go not away. you type of thing. Because yes. first of all, she's just been very hurt, and you know. And so, like, she's going through this. She's calling for her mom. And he goes get her mom. And, like, you need to be there for her. I you love know that saying? he has, like, like a, he like, has sort of, like, come a. Come to uh, Jesus with her. Be yes. like, your daughter fucking needs you. Like, snap you the fuck need to, out of it. Don't even look at your room for the opium. You need to go talk to, be with your daughter. She needs you. And so she does step up to the plate. And she's with her daughter and stuff like that. And then after, you know, the doctor comes out. And, and um, well, there's actually a midwife that's there. And the midwife is just kind of, like, the doctors will say, because he's worried he's like you know i left her and was then, it did i did cause I this cause this and she's like nope sometimes babies just don't want to be born if they want to be born they're going to be born there's like there are babies that, that are did. born in war in starving times and famine they're all still born sometimes they just aren't it just come. it's just not meant to be type of mm-hmm. thing she's like just nothing any of you did you didn't mm-hmm. do anything um so just you know be with her like let her rest be with her and so that's what he is he's like he's right next to her side and she he's like i'm not going anywhere <laughs> i love how he feels like he's like I need to do something because I can't eat. He can't sleep. He goes and picks flowers for so her. One of the things that he is so offended by in the first scene when oh he goes God. to his townhouse in London, he's like, he turns and he's like, "What is this?" To Doss, he's like, "I believe it's a flower arrangement." Like, why, why do I even have a vase here? This like, is what colonization. You, this, this is, is colonization. what this is by the female. It's like, why is a two foot wide floral arrangement in my in my foyer? You know, what the I, this hell? Was, that was one of my favorite metaphors because he turns to Doss, who's Indian, and he goes, "Colonization. What should we expect next?" He goes, "Exploitation, murder, and slavery, perhaps." Yes, he's, he's like, like yes, "Yes, we will." Yeah. That is exactly what happens. So every time he sees a vase of flowers, he gets angry because she's colonizing some other part of his life and yes. taking over some part of his life. But then he's just like. What can I do for her? Well, I, I can flowers. Her flowers. She loves flowers. And I love how whenever she comes to, she's just like this monstrous, <laughs> like, this. the flowers don't even These match. These flowers like, don't go not... together. Like, what but is he this? he tried. He tried. And, and he cut counts, one of Emily's man. bonnet's ribbons and ribbons. tied it around. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's so The terrible. thought that counts, man. The thought oh, that counts. Oh, my God, Joshua. I love him. I, I love him. I love it. It's just, it's just beautiful. And he, you know, confesses to her. They, you know? Y'all, I'm going to tell you right now, I was literally laying in my bed last night with my Kindle on, just weeping into my pillow, just crying. This... 
whole final chapter, it was like beautiful and sad and lovely. Like they're both healing together because they both wanted the baby and yes. lost it. And she realizes you're not going anywhere. And she fights for him. And he's like, you want me? Yes. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm not going anywhere. He And he was like, willing to stay there. they're willing even if she, to be vulnerable yes, with yes. each other. It was just like, I want more than a marriage yes, of convenience. I'm in love with you. I don't want oh, a marriage so name good. only. I don't want you to have a baby and I not be involved in it. Like, I want to be. Yeah. And like, I love how he also goes to the plan. And he, while she's still like, you know, recovering and, he, and she hasn't really woken up, he sees that she had crossed out his name for Mr. DeWitt's like office. And it just mm-hmm. said empty. Like she wrote. Empty. empty so he crosses it out again and he's just like mr and mrs dewitt's office like he's like, he's like it's big enough for and both then instead of, us. of baby for nursery he put babies because yeah, we're gonna babies, have more, than, more one. than one i love how he rewrites the really plans love, it's beautiful I, it's just so symbolic and beautiful and i loved it this, so y'all this book was so good it was so good all right showdown justin we're gonna have the same showdown i'm calling it right now <laughs> It's the ending chapters, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I'm just saying. It was beautiful because that's the moment that we're waiting for waiting for them to confess that they want more. Yes. That they love each other. Because it's not that, that we is... as the reader were like concerned that, they're that not. they didn't have the feelings. Like they were there. It was just opening up and being like, I want more. And all of it, it happening with a tragedy on top was just, it was it so compelling. Sad. Like, it, it didn't. Did, it, it didn't. didn't fe- it didn't feel like morose or whatever. And as a matter of fact, I love that the midwife is like these things happen. Yes, it's okay. I think that that was it's like okay. It wasn't like a you know? big deal where we're just kind of like there's so much blame thrown around. There wasn't. It was just kind of like sometimes these things happen. And he's like, you know, maybe we should put something in your garden for the baby, for our yes. baby. And I was just like, oh my god, Joshua, like he was being. Can we put a statue mo- in the there? Best the most romantic, supportive support- spouse. Oh. <gasps> and it was beautiful because you could feel like they both were yes. really, you know, they they really experienced that tragedy together. Yeah, it wasn't just her being. It, it wasn't her by herself or him by himself, which is the way it's always been. Is she's always been carrying the burden mm-hmm. of her family. He has always been alone and felt abandoned by his family. Right, and so it's like finally they're healing together. You yeah. know, it was just lovely. I just really love it because they make such a great team. Yeah. And you finally can see that they're just acknowledging, like, hey, we do make a great team, and I want to spend the rest of my life with you. Yeah. And you're enough. Like, I don't need to be immersed in my business. I don't need to have the stimulation of so many things. Like, you're enough for me. Yeah. And I really love that. And I, yes. And I love that he sort of, like, found new inventions around Sun Place. Like, this will be my home. And, you know. Yeah. I can continue here. Okay. Exactly. Love it. Love it. Love oh, it. So good, guys. All right. We hope that you enjoyed today's episode and look forward to the next one where we'll be discussing Drive Me Wild by Melanie Harlow. Thanks so much for listening. This goes out to all the fangirls. Life's better with a little H-E-A.